You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 347, for the week of Wednesday, the 27th of February, 2019. I'm Scotty, and with me tonight are... Ben. Eddie. And Adam. This episode is brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Sideshow Collectibles Daredevil Modern Premium Format Statue, the SH Figure Art Super Scion Gotenks, and our discussion topic is a toy breakdown of the DC Collectibles DC Essentials Shazam and Black Adam 2-Pack. Friends, how are we? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Good. Spiffing. <laughs> hey. Long Can't time everyone talks over each other from <laughs> that's the number one action figure podcast, people. That's, that's us. <laughs> yep. Yep. Adam, I think you, you had the most manners there. How are you? I'm pretty good, yes. Uh I have not been up to heaps during the week. It's been rather hot again. Um and because um, we prepare and everything around our household, we started taking down the back fence I was talking about last time I was on, I think, uh, <laughs> and replacing that on Saturday Excellent. last weekend when the heat wave started. So okay. we will be out there again putting up uh, steel fence railings in uh, 39, potentially 39-degree heat on Saturday this weekend. So you're having a, a heat wave in South Australia. Is that correct? Uh, I just call it summer. <laughs> Fair, but yeah, it's high thirties all this week, and it breaks Saturday evening, and we back down to thirty-two, I think, on Sunday. Gross. You're you're all. It's desert life. <laughs> and um, Mr. Ben, speaking of desert life, what's uh, what's the Canberra desert doing for you? It's actually been quite. Well, quite pleasant, around 30 degrees, maybe a little bit too hot on some days, but certainly better than, you know, heatwave Adelaide, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, no, like Adam, not much of interest at all, actually. Trying yes. to think of any. No, sorry. We really need to put more effort into having more interesting lives for this section uh, of the podcast. I know. Ben's got to work out what that beeping thing is still, I know, so, you the, know. The, yeah, the most normal thing in Ben's life is that his bios keeps beeping <laughs> and he can't do anything about it. Oh, I can, but, you know, you've got to go through the whole, you know, look up a thing and then you've got to, like, ring them up and talk to them about stuff and then you've got to go whatever. there with your stuff and leave your stuff and do the talking thing and the money thing and it's all too hard. So, what, so one, one beep is what because there's different like it, it's just a single beep right yes yeah. yeah so two yeah one beep i think is is it one beep yes bad? two beeps well, two I, I don't know i think you know it's not going to go beyond one beep <laughs> no, there's two, there, so, if there's two then it means it's a memory issue three is a motherboard failure four um, is a ram failure i think this is going back to the, my computer nerd days but i can't remember what one is I think one is the uh, – I think John nailed it when he said it's the um, the internal battery in the BIOS that sort of maintains your clock when the power's off, et cetera. Huh. I think. Well, we, we wish it well, and we wish it would go away. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
Um, but but thank you. That definitely added some interest to your you know introduction section. So well done, um, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. Eddie, what is what's happening in your neck of the woods, as it were? Uh, well, gearing up in Melbourne at the moment, we have the Fashion Festival, which is not something that you'd hear me talk about too often. Uh, yeah. on time. But, um, yeah, I'm not really the most fashionable person, but I generally uh, do a lot of work when it's on. So I have been dealing weirdly with all these fashion people. Uh, all week so it's made me start to go like oh maybe i need to be a bit healthier um, rather than being <laughs> you know i'm i'm not a huge person but when you're standing next to people from the fashion industry i'm like i could fit like three of you in my shirt at the moment <laughs> so <laughs> my attempts to be healthy have you know is usually lazy things like i'm gonna get out and walk into the mcdonald's then go through the drive through or um i'm going to swap wow. to a sports deodorant or something like that. Um, but now my weirdest attempt is to try and cut back on iced coffees or orange juice in the morning. Uh, I've swapped to cold tea and I've really enjoyed it and I'm feeling very good from it. So that's my weird latest week obsession and my <laughs> weird introduction when talking to people is having a nasty drink bottle with all sort of tea leaves and bric-a-brac filtered in and people always think it's <laughs> weirdly cool and they're like what's that and it's like oh this is a pink lemonade mixed with orange and ginger or weird that's so uh, i i'm one of those annoying people now in the office excellent so you'll start doing crossfit soon never oh good heavens good heavens that's yeah yeah <laughs> i i, I don't believe it that's the gym is fun to be at you do it because it's healthy they're the most horrendous places ever <laughs> What about you, Mr. Scotty? Any 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 beeps or um, beverages to discuss? Uh, I haven't had beeps or beverages. Uh, I have had bunnies. Um, so mm-hmm. earlier in yeah earlier in the year, I mentioned like our our uh, original bunny Humphrey uh, passed away, and we got new cute mini lop bunnies called Barry and Oliver. And they, they've grown, I think, to what is full size, which is still pretty small. They're like, you know, one and a half kilos. Um, but they, we, we've had, had them in an, a, a, a pretty decent size inside, uh, cage because it's summer. And then we take them out like a bit during the day and they can like run around in a little wire enclosure, which has worked for all other rodents that we've had. But Barry has worked out how to jump out of the enclosure. Very exciting. Yay! Um, Yay, Barry. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, the other day I was working from home, and they, you know, every kind of two hours there's a big thump, you know, one of them runs around, whatever. And uh, so there was a a big thump, and I was working. I didn't think much of it. And then I came out, and they had knocked their cage over completely, and the lid was off, and there were no bunnies to be seen. And then, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, and then the dogs and the cats were all just kind of standing, looking like, oh, <laughs> something's gone wrong. <laughs> um, so, oh, it's a nightmare. And I, I got one of them, and I could not, for the life of me, catch the other one, Oliver. He was just like dashing behind stuff, and um, and I was just like, you know, in between video meetings. So. 
thankfully the eldest was about to come home for work and I just texted, I just closed all the doors so that no other animal could get to him and just said, help come home. (laughs) 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 Fix this. So I remove all white cables and wires from the room. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So it was such a crack up. Like, you know, it was, I was like, guys, (laughs) um, but they're good fun. They're really cute. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're just trying to work out now how we, um, like we've got a lid for the outdoor run now so that Barry can't jump out. And (laughs) now we have to get a a proper stand for the, the cage because they, um, they unbalanced it from what it was on. So little rat bags. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my non, my non toy related news. Uh, in toy-related news, um, Adam, have you acquired anything toyish? Uh, no, not really. Um, I have things that have arrived in piles of loot at Big Bad. Um, I don't think there's even been anything for me to pre-order this week. So yeah, it's it's the usual boring Adam response. <laughs> <laughs> Must try harder. Must try harder. Yeah. Um, ben, what about your good self? Uh, yeah, I've got my SH Figure Arts uh, Dragon Ball Z Kid Krillin, um, which I got five weeks ago or something, and I just started to think it was never going to show up. So, so that was a, a nice little surprise that I didn't have to follow that up. That's good. That's very good. Mm. Eddie, any acquisitions? Oh, there's been acquisitions. There <laughs> has been a lot He's of acquisitions. I've uh, been pretty terrible. This is what Toy Fair always does to me. So uh, I did have the two waves of DC Multiverse arrive, the Lobo and the Superman Lex waves uh, come in, and they're uh, really quite good for the most part, but being Mattel... There is a couple of issues uh, with some. Uh, I did also find some of Wave 2 of Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in Targa. I think they've been out at the US for about six months now, but this is uh, the first of any sightings I've uh, had of those. Uh, I've got some DC Essentials, which will, me and Scotty will be talking about later, as well as the Harley Quinn and Nightwing that just came out. Uh, just picked up uh, the great Saiyan man in figure arts. Uh, he arrived today. And if anyone listened to the last episode, you might have noticed I was very subtle, but I really enjoyed uh, Super 7's announcements about the He-Man license. And it's now got me stupidly going back and picking up uh, the figures that I had missed which uh, turns out aren't cheap and not necessarily easy to find, but for some weird reverse twist of fate, uh, often the cheapest sellers uh, are here in Australia for them. So I've been uh, quite quite lucky uh, with that to pick up quite a few. So I've had two arrive already. I've got Loda and Fang Or, which is very cool. And one thing that hasn't quite arrived yet um, so I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but I'll just tease and say it's probably the most I've spent on an action figure, and it includes the words hot toys and exclusive. 
but I'll definitely be talking about that once I get it in hand. But that one, uh, that one, that one hurt the wallet. But you can just like go and visit Scotty Rav and get a hot toys off him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I have completed my Bombshells Mystery Mini. <laughs> uh, yeah, few, thank goodness. And only with. I, I managed to talk myself into the logic of eBaying for the last few rather than. Oh, going, oh if, I, if I just buy four more. And I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> even, even, even you can do the maths on this. So. Um, so that's good. But I, I mentioned recently, I, on, I think the last time I talked about it, that then I realized, oh, wait, I can have one sitting next to each of their respective statues, and wouldn't that be cool? But, of course, that means I need two of each um, to <laughs> do that. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, the, but there, I, once I, I'm actually, one hasn't arrived yet, um, and so when I have the whole set, I will definitely make them a toy of the week because they've been so fun to collect and so you didn't pick up the original harley quinn bombshell statue so if you get a funko mini mystery of it do you then have to go out and buy that harley quinn bombshell statue to display with your funko i do not because (laughs) the other thing that i got this week was the sepia version of the original harley quinn bombshell which came out this week Ooh. So, uh-huh. so what a segue! I know it's almost like you we knew. did not plan that. Yeah, nope, that's amazing. I did. I did. Yep. For, yeah, behind the scenes magic that that yep. I did not know. So I, yep. So I, the the sepia um, Harley Quinn came out because there's a poison ivy coming as well, and uh, so I thought, well, that's that's my way of getting the original Harley for a reasonable uh, price. And I had it on pre-order um, from Zing, which like their DC collectibles statues for pre-order are often like really reasonably priced. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure why that happens, but particularly if you find them early and pre-order. So that's kind of one that I've had sitting there for a while that I picked up. So um, I haven't had a chance to open her yet because I had to hop on a plane um, and am currently coming to you from the latest hotel room. Um, but uh, when I get home, that's, you know, after greeting loved ones, um, that's, you know, I, I thought I had time to open her up last night, but then I have teenagers and all these teenagery things happened. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I believe that we then have a number of toy things to speak about, and as is our tradition, when Ben is here, Ben speaks about his toy things first. And so I think that we should have a break. We should come back, and Ben should talk about his toy things. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Well, his Netflix show may have been cancelled, but that doesn't stop Ben from collecting Daredevil toys, and this is a big one. So, Ben, over to you and talk to us about your big Daredevil. (laughs) I love the way you say it like that. Um, Thank you, Scotty. Uh, I I think I mentioned during our uh, 
like sort of a 2018 year in review that I didn't actually purchase uh, a sideshow premium format statue in 2018. Uh, and I checked my little spreadsheet, and yes, I, I, I did not. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, not for lack of any interest. There were certainly items that came out that, that had um, – uh, that I thought looked very good and were well done, et cetera. Uh, there's just been a number of factors that have contributed to me uh, holding back a little bit. Um, I think, you know, Mr. Scotty, it almost became a, a running joke, uh, you know, when we got these premium formats and, you know, I would have a statue where the foot peg wouldn't fit in the base um, or something like that. And it just, you know, it kind of takes its toll a little bit when, you know, you get these things and instead of being excited, you're actually thinking, you know, I wonder what's going to be wrong with it. Um, and, you know, being an international customer, it makes it that much harder to, to follow up anything like that. Plus uh, a few other factors, introduction of goods and services tax, et cetera. Et cetera, uh, but, et cetera, yes. Et cetera, yeah. It, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it certainly has, oh, and, you know, there's change in the exchange rate as well has had a, an impact on my enthusiasm. Um, but this statue was one that I, I didn't really hesitate um, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost was uh, I had about $130 in reward points um, with sideshows. So that certainly took a, a huge chunk out of the 575 US dollar price tag. Um, so, yes. Uh, so this is the, the, I guess, the modern Daredevil. It's just being billed as, you know, Daredevil, um, but Sideshow have released a Daredevil premium format statue before. Um, but for some reason, uh, Sideshow have recently decided to start redoing all of the characters that they've already done once or twice even, um, rather than bringing us new characters. So, you know, instead of getting Moon Knights and, and people like that, we're getting, you know, Daredevil again and the Punisher again. Um, and... While I liked the, the the last sideshow Daredevil, I just it wasn't it just wasn't um, hitting all the right notes for me. So I, I never really pulled the trigger on it. I did think that if I could pick one up for a good price, I would. Um, but I've never really seen it. And then the show came out on Netflix, and the price went up. So uh, that was pretty much the end of that. So when this one was solicited, I was actually pretty excited. Um, and this is uh, a 2018, uh, sorry, 2019 um, release and acquisition. Been out for about a month now as of this recording. Um, it was really quite interesting when it first came out. A lot of mixed reactions among fans, particularly because of the, uh, I guess, the modern element. Um, it's not just a straight, you know, lycra pajama outfit um, that we grew up with. <laughs> Um, this is a, a modern interpretation of Daredevil. Um, I wasn't impressed with the one that came out from XM Studios. I thought they just went completely overboard with the buckles and straps and everything else. It just looked ridiculous. Um, but this one just took me straight away. Uh, it's sculpted by uh, a fellow named uh, Daniel Bell. Um, Daniel is a lovely guy. He's very, very prominent uh, on social media. You'll see him in a lot of the uh, statue-related groups on Facebook, um, interacting with people. Um, seems like a, a really, really nice guy. Uh, nice little profile of him on the Sideshow website. He's um, he's done things a bit tough, so it's nice for, for him to start 
seeing him starting to sort of hit his stride. He did the recent Captain America. Um, he uh, has done the Thor Breaker of Brimstone, which is coming. And he's done a few things for XM Studios as well, like the, um, the Weapon X Wolverine uh, as well. So um, uh, a, a full digital sculptor. Uh, and uh, this is, um, you know, his latest one um, from Sideshow. So, um, you know, in terms of packaging, nothing new here from Sideshow. In fact, to be honest, I couldn't even remember what the art box looked like. It was largely forgettable. I'm sure the person who designs all the art boxes for Sideshow has stopped listening to our show because uh, Scotty and I never have much nice to say. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, it was fairly fairly straightforward. This is your standard split styrofoam. Um it was nice to get a statue that has a reduced number of pieces. Um, I've even had sideshow pieces that have bases where you have to actually attach three or four other pieces to it. Um, you know, this base is all one piece, so it was nice to just have a statue where you take the base out, you take the character out, you know, put him in the base and um, one or two extras. So, that, you know, that was actually really good. Very collector-friendly, everything. Um, it's, you know, there's nothing odd about the way it was positioned in the styrofoam, so it'll all go back together quite um, quite smoothly. Now, uh, in terms of the sculpt, this one uh, divided a lot of fans. Um, what was really interesting is when uh, some people on Facebook were having a, a really good bitch about um, the design used for Daredevil, um, Daniel Bell actually came and joined the conversation. And, uh, you know, he was really eloquent even though English is a second language for him, uh, he was really, um, he was, he was really, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the right word, but, you know, despite the fans, you know, pissing and moaning as they do, um, he gave a, a really structured uh, answer about his approach to this Daredevil. And, of course, um, this one does feature certain pieces of, you know, armour panels, uh, particularly on the knees and things like that. And he explained that, that when he was given the task of sculpting this piece, he had to try and find a... a uh, a blend of, you know, the the classic Daredevil that everybody loves with the Lycra, but also that modern interpretation of, you know, what would it be like if he was real and, and therefore was wearing a suit. Um, and, you know, he talked about, um, you know, what would be the vulnerable areas that would need um, armour to protect it versus what are the areas that would need to be um, sort of, uh, you know, Lycra inspired so that it didn't stop him from moving, for example, like, you know, tight leather pants, um, might inhibit your agility and that sort of thing. And it was a really good discussion about how he actually uh, went about designing this particular piece. And so it was nice to sort of get that insight um, into sort of, I guess, the creative mind, you know, behind some of these pieces. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it was really good. And so I, I had actually read all of that information uh, before I got the statue. So I was kind of looking forward to it a lot more. So then holding Daredevil in, in my hands, I got to sort of, you know, turn him around and look at all the different bits and go, oh, I can see what he's done here. I can see why he did that. I can see why that's kind of like a mesh, whereas that's, you know, more of an armor plate because, you know, he has to be able to move and swing and do this sort of thing. So, um, so a, a really fun approach. And, and I actually find, uh, I mean, I, I pretty much loved it as soon as I got it out of the box. Um, the line, the extra lines, the armor panels and things don't bother me at all. Um, I thought the use of the red and black might, um, 
being, you know, the daredevil traditionalist, um, I thought it, you know, might be a bit kind of off-putting, but um, it's not at all. I, I really like what he's done and the approach that he's he's taken. I think he's managed to find that middle ground and it works really, really well. Um, so, look, he's uh, he's got a massive base. Um, you know, this – I was actually quite surprised when I took the base out of the box. It's a big, heavy base. There are no additional pieces that need to plug in anywhere. Um, it's the top of uh, a building and it's got that sort of classic architecture feel. Um, there's uh, a broken window um, that uh, features as a large part of it. It's kind of like an L shape, so a flat piece faces towards you if you're looking straight onto him and then there's a piece that sort of runs away from you and uh, it's it's really quite solid and heavy and what I really like is the broken window uh, I was looking at it up close and the uh, I guess the shards of glass that are still in the window are actually acrylic so instead of just being sculpted as part of it you can actually tell it's a type of clear plastic uh, that they've actually used so some really nice touches I thought there to sort of bring out that that realism and the level of detail in the base is fantastic it it, it it sort of it hits all the right points in terms of the stone actually looks like textured stone. Um, and, and I actually spent a lot of time just looking at the base and really sort of enjoying that. Uh, so then Daredevil uh, comes out. He's pretty much intact except for his head. And uh, I then went to do the uh, the terrifying place the figure in the foot pegs of the base, which uh, I haven't had a, you know, a lot of luck <laughs> no one, in the no past. No one finds that more terrifying than Ben. Oh, uh, and and this was no problems whatsoever. Um, he has um, two foot pegs. Both feet actually actually have pegs, uh, so that that top foot uh, does actually go into a hole on the top of the base. It's not just kind of sitting there and depending on that lower leg um, to support it, which was actually really good. It does feel awkward. Like I, I actually set it up on my desk uh, and then carried it out to put it in my display, and I really wouldn't advise it. it it's a really awkward piece. And I mean, it sits fine and there's no problems whatsoever with balance once it's sitting there, but sort of carrying it around, it does feel a bit awkward. It doesn't have that kind of triangle feel of like a heavy base with a figure. I felt like, you know, Daredevil might sort of topple off if I wasn't careful. Um, so then uh, the next step is actually popping the head on and I got the exclusive edition, which uh, has the second head and the second head is, I guess, what they are considering to be the classic uh, it has a, a sort of the open mouth that, with the gritted teeth so that you can actually see his teeth or the angry portrait, I guess you'd call it. Um, the, the standard portrait uh, is just a sort of fairly standard expression, um, mouth closed kind of thing. Uh, it, it is a, a classic portrait uh, with the exclusive, <coughs> but it's still got some lines and seams uh, on the helmet. It's just that with the, um, the standard one, I guess it's a, a bit more pronounced. Um, I really do like the uh, exclusive and that's the reason I actually went for this and I'm glad that I did um, because even though it doesn't have the, the heavier lines to match the rest of his outfit, it still actually blends in really, really well. It doesn't look odd at all. Uh, which is really cool. So um, lots of great detailing in this. Uh, Daniel hasn't gone overboard with um, the the sculpt. Uh, there's a lot of sort of fun stuff along seams and things like that. Um, the uh, the eyes and all that are particularly well done. It's got that great sort of um, like the cow looks like it could be a, a helmet without actually being um, completely over the top, uh, which is actually quite um, 
quite nice. Now, his billy clubs are actually in his hands uh, when you take him out of the box. And uh, interestingly, what they've actually done is uh, the end of the billy clubs uh, have a, a small kind of um, – there might be a magnet in there. I mean, it, it, it didn't click into place, but it certainly goes into place quite easily and, uh, and stays there. And what you get is this long kind of flexible string and on the end there's two caps. And what you can do is you can attach the cap to the end of his billy club and then, of course, obviously attach the cap to the other one and then have the you know his rope um, going in between. And because it is actually flexible, there's multiple options for, for actually um, displaying it. So the one that you tend to see the most in, in all of the um, – in most people's photos and, of course, the, the ones online, uh, uh, is the rope going up behind his head and then coming down um, over his shoulder uh, to the other arm. And so, uh, really, you can kind of do anything you want with that. You can just have it hanging down in front of him uh, if you want to. And what was really cool is when I was sort of ferreting around in the box, there was actually like a little um, paper packet. And when I opened it, it was actually – two little covers for the end of the billy clubs. So if you don't want to display him with the rope at all and you just want to have him holding the billy clubs, um, you can just pop on those two little caps and it just looks like he's holding the billy clubs without the string. Um, then I kept uh, looking around. I thought, oh, there's another one here. And he actually comes with two of those ropes, um, both exactly the same. I thought there might be something weird happening, uh, but there's not. Uh, it's just basically, I think, Sideshow decided to include a spare. Um, I don't know whether that's standard. I haven't had a good look around online, but... Um, yeah, so it's actually quite nice. I don't know whether they're fearful that something might happen to it over time, um, but it's kind of nice to know that if anything happens to it, you do have that spare. So, look, you know, uh, the, it allows for a bit of flexibility in the posing in terms of what you want to do, which I actually think is uh, a lot of fun. The, the pose is just fantastic. I mean, he's, um, he's kind of hunched down, leaning out over um, this rooftop, getting ready, you know, to, to jump uh, uh, or do whatever. Um, and I, I think it's it's just fantastic. There's so many little details where you really notice it are things like the boots. Um, there's a lot of great detail in those boots, particularly sort of the tread um, underneath instead of just being a, a generic boot that's flat on the bottom. There's lots of really nice detail in um, in that tread. And uh, Scotty, you, you talked about this, um, uh, you know, with Batgirl. There's elements of his costume that have that... Um, I guess that's kind of that mesh, like on the inside of his thigh and also under his arms. Um, that's what uh, Daniel mentioned, where mm. he would Bat actually Woman. have to have movement. Yes, Batwoman. Sorry. And, uh, yeah, he would have to have movement in the costume. And so this section that's kind of under his arm that runs down, um, you know, the side, you know, beside his abs, um, it actually looks like it's, it's material. It, it looks like it's... Um, mixed media uh, and it's not and you know you look in close and you can actually see the tiny little sort of cross hatching work um that that make that up and so it's uh, really really well done and i guess you know that's the the benefit of you know digital sculpting it allows you to get in and, and run those patterns over things like that um look it's uh, in terms of paint there's probably not a lot happening um really but what they have done is they they've they've done all the right things where they need to do it so on that base 
which looks like it's made of stone. You know, it's it's a, an old building. Um, there's lots of really nice weathering to really bring out the the texture of that. And so it actually kind of looks like stone. Um, if you didn't know any better, you'd probably think it was made from something like that. It's it's actually really really nice. Um, the window frame in between the glass and the stone is um, is wood, and because this looks like it's like it's halfway through the window and it's it's been kind of smashed. Um, they've actually gone to the effort of um, highlighting that wood and uh, to make it look like textured wood, so it changes colour, um, which is actually really cool. So you can you can clearly see the difference between the wood and the stone because of the way they've done the highlights. Um, Daredevil himself, uh, when the first few Daredevils started hitting collections, people took photos. Uh, and there was one particular photo getting around and it was actually quite poor and it really made him almost look tomato colored and uh oh gosh the uproar online there were people cancelling their pre-orders and you know the usual nerd rage um which i thought was hysterical because uh sideshow have a pretty good track record of um you know you know choosing the right colors for the right characters people like Catsapine, uh, etc. Um, they know what they're doing, so you know you've got to have faith in them. Um, a couple of times, I was starting to get a bit worried because I hadn't seen a good photo uh, until a fellow took his outside and used natural light, and and then we sort of got a feel for just what that pain is like. So in hand, um, it's pretty spot on to the sideshow website. It's a really nice kind of darker red um, that works really really well with all of the complementary blacks. So you know those. Um, those knee pads. What's really cool is his little billy club holder. Um, it's it's really quite modern. It's not like two little tubes next to each other. It actually looks like something that would be made from carbon fibre or something. So there's a, a really nice um, kind of charcoal colour to that. And so it, it's all really nicely done. The um, the kind of the armoured points like on his knees have some nice highlighting on it. Uh, to sort of give that uh, appearance of weathered metal, like um, the suit has been through, uh, you know, has been through the wars a bit. Um, not overdone, which is actually really good because uh, I've never been a fan of the the whole, you know, battle damaged look. Um, there's not a lot of space to to mess this up. Um, we're not talking about a lot of contrasting colours that go up against each other and can cause bleed. Uh, the obvious place would be the face around the jaw. Uh, and that sort of thing, and, and the mouth, but uh, no problems on mine whatsoever. There's no red on the flesh or flesh colour on the red. Um, it's all pretty spot on. Um, and, you know, look, to be honest, it's just, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, you know, the guys laughed because uh, I unpacked it and then about 15 minutes later said, who's ready to record an episode? I need to talk about this. Um, <laughs> and and so, you know, I've, I've waited a week and a half to, uh, to review this guy. And I just I, I couldn't be more pleased. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a beautiful piece. I think Daniel has really done the character justice. Um, Sideshow have come through no QC issues at all. He's about twenty one and a half inches tall. So um, despite being crouched over, you know, he's still up there in terms of of uh, of height. Um, so you won't be sort of fitting him on that sort of middle shelf uh, kind of thing because that base is so tall um, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's just come together beautifully. I think, uh, you know, if this is the the new sideshow in terms of those reinterpretations, then I'm quite pleased. So, um, yeah, with no reason to take any points off, uh, it's pretty much ten out of ten dollars for me. So this is tall. Ooh. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, I've got him next to the Hulk. Um, Sideshow's uh, Hulk from a few years ago, and the Hulk is kind of hunched over, and they're about the same height. Um, so, so yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look tall compared to a lot of them because we're getting some really big bases these days that okay. then have characters yeah. who are standing upright, um, and then so that you know naturally uh, creates a lot of height for those characters. So, so yeah, he, he fits in well. I just really like to have a Moon Knight to go with him. Oh, that'd be nice. I, I want to give a shout out to the. I'm just looking at the the sideshow photo album for this. the The bases of these often get really nice designs, particularly the exclusive ones. And I always think it's kind of a shame that you know you look at it once and then you kind of put it there and you never see it again. And this one, it's actually really cool because it's a very interesting um, shape the base and then it's got kind of daredevil but with a target sort of you know look in it and i just i think it's cool mm. that whoever did the um bases did the box art it's probably the same person. they're like <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> that's right <laughs> um but i yeah. i agree with you on the exclusive head yeah yeah it works well i i, I can't imagine myself ever um, well, then I can't think of a time where I've ever gone and got the the other parts out to swap over. I think once I've made my choice, my statues pretty much stay like that. So, yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, Very thank nice. you for that, Ben. It's good to uh, hear you in the sideshow space again. <laughs> and uh, commiserations to your wallet. I'm the, yes. yes. Uh, the good old GST, I'm sure, was a fun thing to deal with there. Always. Always, always. Very good. Well, thank you for that. We will take a short break and we will come back and let Adam talk about his toy things. Yay. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. So Adam's uh, review, I believe, could be controversial. And I only say this because he said that. And I don't really know what it <laughs> um, So I cannot wait to find out more of things that I don't know about and can barely pronounce. Over to you, Adam. Thank you very much. Uh, so this week I am looking at the SH Figure Arts Super Saiyan Gotenks. Um, I think... It's uh, an interesting figure. Uh, it's another one that was released in 2018 and only acquired at the start of 2019 because pile of loot, shipping, um, so forth. So that's kind of a quick intro. Uh, anyone that's interested in purchasing one of these after hearing this review, it costs about $60 US at this point in time. So the box is fairly standard. Um, 
Triangle Z figure arts box. It's got the, the window panel with the kind of gap at the side and the top and the nice kind of three-quarter, half-y front uh, panel so you can see the figure in the box. You get some nice um, demonstration art on the front, uh, sides and back, which show off a lot of things. It doesn't show off all the face portraits um, behind the figure, which is in the usual two-tray set or the tray with cover setup. It's a nice green slash aquarium card. And then behind that, you have your dolly instructions, which um, this time around weren't quite so necessary to um, to use. Although, oh, that's actually interesting to read that. Uh, there is a warning about some of the paintwork that it may rub off, and I think that's probably a fair warning. Um, <laughs> so go, go tanks that aren't aware of Dragon Ball Z stuff in detail. Uh, this is from the Boo saga when Goten, the youngest son of Goku and Chi-Chi and Trunks, which is the eldest child of Vegeta and Bulma, um, perform the fusion dance and become one person for a period of time. Um, and this is when it's performed correctly, so he's not fat or skinny or decrepit or whatever else. Um, and in this, you can do it wrong, and if you do it wrong, you end up, yeah, Sometimes fat, sometimes kind of skinny and decrepit looking. So uh, there are side effects, and those fusions don't last as long. Uh, and of also, you know, there's there's rules to this because otherwise, the body image message as well. I know, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Oh, you're fat. <laughs> you did it wrong. Okay. Yeah, you're super skinny. You did it wrong. Excellent. Yeah, um, and it's also carry, carry got on. the the kind of. Someone's decided that this might be something people would game, and uh, so there's a cooldown once you finish, um, once your time limit's up. So there's a period before you can do it again, because um, you know we all live in role-playing games. Um, so yeah, in this particular case, it's uh, Go Tanks as a Super Saiyan. Um, I think that's a fair-ish choice. Um, it's not a character that's around for very long because. Uh, Let's be honest, um, the Boo saga wasn't one of, or was the last saga of Dragon Ball Z, and uh, Fusion was only a small part of that, and Gotenks was not really a main character, um, and neither were Goten and Trunks really critical uh, in terms of Dragon Ball Z and uh, plot armor and, and the need to, to save the day. So, um, as you can guess, being a Super Saiyan, if you've listened to these reviews before, that means he has yellowy hair, um, which they've done well. They've actually shown some of the kind of uh, energy glow by giving him orangey roots to his hair that fades out to just straight canary yellow. Uh, he has on his um, I'm a Fusion Dance Fusion Warrior vest, which is I still don't really understand why that happens to everyone, um, that their clothes change as well as their their physical appearance. So no matter what you're wearing, you end up with this uh, this little vesty jacket thing. Um, of course. With, yeah, of course. With yellow cuffs, you end Unstable up with um, kind of... That's, that's not, really a, not really a thing, though, in Dragon Ball Z. And, and this is by, like, mystical dance powers rather than um, science, son. Unstable um, molecules. That's why the Pintar earrings are much more scientifically yeah. accurate. The Patara earrings, yeah. Well, they're Patara they're actually, earrings, yeah. They're, they're, they're godly magic. You. Come on, yeah, yeah. The Pintaro ones just turn you into a car. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty. And he's got, yeah, exactly. 
And uh, so he's got his white pants and his kind of tearly aquary belt and kind of bindings around his ankles and his little kind of martial arts booties. Um, so things about this as like the slippers. As we go, I much prefer martial yeah. arts booties. Booties. Yeah. Okay. Noted. Uh, uh, so things as as we talk about this. Um, the portrait is incredibly easy to take off. Uh, in this particular case, it's just a straight slides off the front. I have noticed that it doesn't want to go back on quite so well, and I think that's more the design of the hair and how that fits into place. Um, so that's fractionally disappointing. The portraits themselves, they're, they're all very Gotenks. Um, he's a very cocky, arrogant character um, being you know, essentially the fusion of a seven-year-old and eight-year-old, I think it is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie or Ben. Um, that's, you know, ridiculously powerful. He's like one of the most powerful characters in the show at the time that he appears. So there's one that's got his uh, cocky, smirky face. There's one that's got his uh, open-mouth kind of braggy, shouting face. Um, and then the third face portrait, which is what I like the most, is the, oh, shit, I done screwed up face. Uh, so he's got very big white eyes. He's got uh, big sweat uh, sweat drops off his um, left temple, and he's <laughs> got kind awesome. of a a little oh shit upside down frowny smile face uh, <laughs> mouth at the bottom with his teeth exposed. Um, so that's definitely I'm pulling my pants kind of face, which I think yeah. is hilarious. I yeah. and I, I got to say I love when we get these variant faces that you never really get in other lines or with other figures. Like this is just yeah. a very carry it character um spot on face yep uh so that's pretty good um the neck is the crap there goes the portrait again um is the ball joint at top of neck ball joint at bottom of neck so that's got a decent range of movement uh the vest itself is not articulated the vest is actually the the first point of criticism i have about this really um so the entire upper torso the segment that the vest sits on is sculpted in the blue plastic, or it looks like it is, um, that the vest is made of. The skin tone, so the flesh tone, is then painted over the top of that, and there's a little bit of it um, showing through. The yellow cuff or you know collar is also painted over the top of the blue, and because that neither of those are colours that go well on top of a dark base. Uh, there's a little bit of the the navy showing through underneath. Um, the cuffs at the shoulder point, so the yellow cuffs at his shoulders, are done with the system that um, figure arts you or use in the figure arts where you have the plug at the back of the shoulder that it sits into, and then the rest of the cuff just moves around in that pivot point, so you can actually move the shoulder around and get a good range of articulation, and then just move the cuff back into place. So it looks a little bit dicky because it separates from the vest, um, depending on how you move his arm, but otherwise it's not too bad. The yellow points uh, and around the bottom of the vest and upper torso where the instructions indicate that it may rub off. It says, warning, may rub off, um, which I think is pretty forward for an action figure to be rubbing off on me, but that's okay. Um, At least I warned you. The arms have the standard bicep cut. The elbow, and this is one of those things that I've been calling for for a long time with a figure arts figure that's a martial arts figure, 
is a ball joint. Uh, it's not the standard straight hinge, and I think that's fantastic. I can finally rotate the forearm uh, in different ways that will actually give a full range of motion there, which is good. And then there's swap out hands on double boys on a ball joint there. Uh, there's the torso has the ball joint into the waist and into the upper torso. The belt is not fixed, so it moves around. It has the T-piece crotch, um, which I think we've talked about in the past. I think it looks kind of stupid when you have the leg out to the side. I think it probably gives more stability, but I don't know that it's better in terms of range of motion. The knees are just a um, double pin disc type thing uh, with the sculpted knee, so that's fine. The other point that I think is a bit weird is, um, or it's a bit strange on mine, is the ball joint at the ankle. Um, it's very good at rotating up and down and turning around, but it's very poor at rotating the foot around in terms of getting it so that I could actually correct the angle. So my Gotenks, um, if I straighten his toes out a bit, is... I think pronating on one foot and antenating on the other. Um, so he, he needs some orthotics and it's going to be pretty serious. Um, <laughs> there's there's no one shoe that he needs to wear to fix that. He, he needs orthotics. Um, so that's disappointing. Does it prevent him from standing properly? He still stands fine, um, which I thought was kind of amazing that like his, his feet are that screwed up, but they still he still stands okay. So it's not something that I'm super worried about. It just looks weird. Um, but yeah, that's all right. So in terms of accessories, they're a bit underwhelming. Um, we've got the three portraits. He comes equipped with punchy hands. He's got two victory sign hands, one for each hand, so you can you know do victory poses and show off as he's likely to do. He has a, a pointing finger hand, which is quite you know, character accurate. He's got uh, grappling hands and he's got a fingers splayed energy attack hand, uh, which is more for his galactic donut attack, which he has a big yellow plastic circle for. He comes with a figure stand uh, for himself, the galactic donut, excuse me, there's armature for holding the galactic donut, um, and for his kamikaze ghost. Now, the Kamikaze Ghost is an attack where he creates like a little duplicate of himself out of key energy. Um, they seem to have some level of independent thought, um, as is shown in the show. They're basically a joke attack. Um, he thinks it's a really good idea, and then it backfires on him the second time he tries to use it um, because they are easily lulled into attacking the wrong thing. So it's a, a little kind of Gotenks head. This is all in blue translucent plastic with a bit of light blue slash whitey paint on it. Um, it's got a kind of ghosty body, so kind of a Caspery kind of body. Uh, he's got his tongue poking out uh, and his little ghost arm, flipper arms kind of up. Um, so he's kind of cool. I think there's a couple of little blemishes on the, the left brow of mine, um, which is... Again, a bit disappointing. Otherwise, it's kind of cool. The other thing that disappoints me is there's no articulation of the head at all, um, and you have to use the figure stand to get to um, include this in display because it's not designed to stand up on its own. It's just not going to do it. 
Um, so it's a nice add-in, but I kind of go, yeah, awesome. It's a unique, and it, it is a character-accurate attack, and it's one that I'm sure people would have complained about if they didn't get it, but it's kind of meh. Um, the other thing, and the thing that really kind of lets me down with this figure is Gotenks doesn't really change basically at all in terms of look if you um, give him a non-Super Saiyan head. Uh, the hair becomes fractionally less spiky, but otherwise is basically the same, except that it's black with the... Co- he has kind of... Um, uh, mind failing me. Not Elvira. Um, 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 is it more Adams from... Like Reed, Reed, Reed Richards or... Yeah, Morticia. kind of like that. Yeah. Um, Morticia, sorry, yes. Um, streaks down the side of the hair. Um, no, that is not... That's not Morticia, is it? No, that's a Bride of Frankenstein. There you go. Um, so it kind of streaks up the side of the hair that are purple. So I think that would have been an easy head swap um, that would have got that done. I kind of appreciate that this is already a fairly expensive figure and it already has a fair bit of um, unique sculpting, but I can just see we're going to get stung in the future for, hey, look, it's Gotenks with um, non-Super Saiyan head. Um and then I can see we'll get stung again at some point in the future for, hey, look, it's Gotenks with Super Saiyan 3 head. Um, but the Super Saiyan 3 head is a hell of a lot more work in terms of it's got, you know, the big Super Saiyan 3 um, hair that goes down past his butt, plus the um, whole eyebrow line and everything like that changes. So I can handle not getting Super Saiyan 3. I think it's, and it's always one of those things, I think it's a, a bit of a jip when we get told, oh, yeah, here's his character in Super Saiyan but the hair would be exactly the same if they weren't a Super Saiyan. So Goku's different um, depending on whether he's Super Saiyan or, or just standard. Um, Vegeta is more or less the same. Gotenks, more or less the same. Um, Gohan, later on in the piece, more or less the same. So that one always feels a bit of a chip. Um, the other thing that I'll say about this is and this may just be may it may just be a visual thing. It looks like he's out of proportion. Um, it looks like his arms are a bit teensy tiny, um, and his upper body a little bit too compared to his legs. Um, so, and then he's got kind of a full size head. It looks like it's almost an adult size head. Um, and like maybe my mind's failing me. So we'll do a quick little Google here and and see if I'm just off smoking things. Um, But I don't remember it being that drastic a difference. Uh, Nope, nope. I think the head may have been a bit big in the artwork, but I think the rest of it, I think I'm kind of being fair. So I think this one's just, yeah, some of the proportions are a little bit off, and that may just be reuse of particular systems, like the crotch system probably has a minimum size that it can be um and then <laughs> so that probably saying the crotch has to be a minimum size yeah yeah okay you know just need to be clear minimum Look, if it's not if it's not big enough you know it's not going to serve its function that's what i'm, I'm trying to say phrasing. and uh we're not doing yeah. phrasing anymore we're not doing it no okay Archer. so so that one probably contributes to the problem uh because after that you've you've got to have a 
kind of minimum leg size, I guess, after that. So that's interesting, um, a bit disappointing. So I think it's uh, it's probably a B-plus for effort and probably like a, a C-minus for execution. Um, so I don't know. I guess that probably leaves us at, what, something like a, a 6 out of 10 for dollies. Um, I feel like they can and will improve on this at some point. I just don't know that I want to pay another $60-plus yeah. when that comes out. So uh, for anyone that, that suspects there will be a re-release or a, a future improvement of this, I would hold off on this figure. Uh, you might not get the I shit my pants uh, face portrait, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't get the Kanakazi ghost uh, pack-in. You'll probably get a different kind of energy attack. You might get more hands. You'll get different portraits. You'll probably get swap-out heads, and they might have fixed the body proportions. Um, so that's my advice, and I'd also suggest if it's not still available for reasonable prices and you're paying through the nose on eBay, I would also give it a wide berth. Hmm. Hmm. See, I like this one because I can tell <laughs> it's obviously different from all the other ones. <laughs> Not just an orange and blue dude oh, with, you know, spiky di- hair. Different colors. I like the little... So you yeah. say that, yeah. and then you're going to go and you'll see at some point when they do a Gogeta, where it's Goku and Vegeta that fuse, and you go, hey, wait, haven't I seen a smaller childlike version of this character before? No. I won't. Yeah. yeah. So, Adam, i got to ask that it seems to be a lot of the figure arts are based off the Boo Saga at the moment. Are we in, like, an anniversary year or something for it? Boo Saga, the whole show wrapped in, like, 97, I think, um, or the whole show slash manga, I think, wrapped in about 1997 or 1995, something like that. So... Not really. Maybe it's just that they're working their way through particular arcs one at a time. Um, I don't know. Uh, Boo Saga is kind of the lowest point of Dragon Ball Z for me. So, oh, me too. Um, I was so disappointed. Yeah. 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 So I'm just kind of buying it completionism more than anything. Mm. I'm starting to learn things about this and it disturbs me. Yeah, and then <laughs> that's how it starts. And next you'll be off uh, watching the show. Well, as long as that's no, you should do it, yeah, it's not buying things. That's oh, that 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 should be our spin-off podcast. Is just us rewatching Dragon Ball with Scotty and explaining every episode to him. God, that's great. But can we at least make yeah. it high? Because I don't want to have to sit through all the filler shit again. Yeah, um, because then that gives us stuff to explain to Scotty in between. That that would yeah. um be along the lines of a a favorite podcast of mine uh from a long time ago which was guys watching episodes of small wonder and uh you know the one with the robot girl vicky and and discussing them it was absolutely hilarious i can't remember what it's called um i don't think they did every episode but it was hilarious 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 (laughs) okay Well, Adam, thanks for learning me some. And uh, audience, I hope that you did some learning as well. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned by slight changes to the Try the Week grading system there with various letter grades for different 
elements because that puts more pressure on us. But uh, thankfully, Eddie and I don't have to do a writing tonight because we're doing a toy breakdown. And we're going to do it right after the break. Down. Dragon Ball Z, the saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks' Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeze! The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life, but you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it, each sold separately. As we come towards the end of our show, it's normally time for our third and final Toy of the Week, only this time we are doing a toy breakdown instead. And the difference is when we have more than one member of the AFB podcast team acquiring the same goods, uh, it is an opportunity to uh, sit down as a team and discuss the, the highs and lows. And uh, both, uh, you know, Eddie and Scotty have been sticking with their DC collectibles. Uh, I have long since quit, so I live vicariously through them. So they have the latest acquisition, and here they are to talk about it. So mm. this this is quite an interesting one, the R Shazam and Black Adam two-pack, because the one of the solicited but not released icons was shazam we got a black adam in dc icons but we never got shazam he got cancelled so it's you know good to see uh, us getting uh one there um and this this is was solicited quite a while ago we've waited a, a while for this haven't we any yeah it feels like it's been since pretty early on uh in essentials they showed off these guys and I, I could be completely wrong on this, but I don't know if it was always solicited as a two pack. Um, at least it could have just been revealed that we're getting these two guys and there just wasn't the information um, that they were going to be coming in a two pack, but it, it did seem a bit later on that that was revealed. Uh, yeah. Which I, so, yeah. yeah. Cause I, cause I find it quite interesting that they came in a two pack because Basically, what this line has been doing has been releasing a heroic character and a rogue from that heroic character's rogues gallery uh, out together at the same time, like Superman, Brainiac, Batman, Deathstroke, Flash, Reverse Flash, and uh, so on. Uh, so it was a bit weird to me that they would release these two in a two pack when everything else gets kind of released in twos anyway in single packs. The only thing I can think of to justify it is because they are basically using the same buck um, that they just, you know, sort of didn't want to look like they were putting out the same figure twice, maybe. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad. I think that uh, probably it was partly to capitalize on the movie coming out, etc., um, and get a, get a two for one. But I, I'm, yeah, you know, I do I do think it's a bit funny having singles and two packs so early in the line. Obviously, we had the Doomsday Clock two packs, but that was a different um, kind of kettle of fish. Uh, but I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm uh, unpacking and throwing the box away anyway, so I don't really. Uh, care, but before we throw the box away, let's talk about it. Packaging. 
it is collector friendly, so you don't have to throw the box away. A uh, couple of annoying twist tie things, but that's livable. Yeah. Sculpture. I, I. Yes. Yep. Um, the thing that I've found annoying, I don't know if we've really talked about this with the essentials line, but getting them out of their plastic prison um, that they're sealed in, I've generally found uh, that the wrist joints have been placed in very awkward positions. It seems like the wrists are sort of scrunched up and then under a very large plastic wedge. So when pulling the figure out, I'm always really worried I'm going to sort of snap off the wrist peg. I don't know if you've had this at all. Uh, not as bad with these as some of them. Um, the the cape obviously makes it a bit harder to get them out, but I mm. do, I totally sympathize. Um, these my, my twist ties and stuff here were uh, not – as diabolical as some some of the Doomsday Clock ones were super annoying. Um, pleased to see the sculpture credits remaining. Um, I think we we've lost them from a couple of uh, DC collectibles releases. Um, I think they're important because those uh, um, people work hard and they deserve recognition. And Paul Harding is the um, sculptor of these, um, which is very cool. Um, now, like you said, they are using the same uh, like sculpt um, from you know cape to uh, belt to boots. Um, really, as far as I can tell, the only difference here is the head sculpt. Yeah, I believe that is the only different part uh, on it. But uh, it does make for something interesting here because these guys are based off uh, Shazam in the rebirth era of DC. Uh, it is similar to his new 52 outfit. Um, the main difference is he doesn't have the lines on his pecs and ribs, and he generally doesn't wear his hood up, uh, which he was, uh, kind of prone to do a bit in the new 52 era. Uh, but what's interesting, and I could be mistaken on this, but I don't believe we've seen rebirth black adam yet uh so this could be sort of the first uh look at rebirth black adam which is basically just black adam without those lines on his uh, uh pecs and ribs so uh it's, it's it's interesting to get a character costume debut debut in uh an action figure form that is that is interesting um the uh, the head sculpts i think are great um, the, the, the Shazam is the black Adam, I, I think is fantastic. So let's talk about him first. Um, it, your thoughts. So I, I, I really like the black Ad Adam head sculpt from an actual technical point of view. Like I do, uh, think that Paul has done a wonderful job with it. He's got a lot of expression in what is a very neutral face with no pupils to show. It's just all pure sculpt. Uh, that's giving across the emotion. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan, though, and this isn't Paul's fault. It's uh, the artwork on which he's basing it from, uh, which is the more modern era Black Adam. But I'm not as big of a fan of Black Adam sort of having a lot of hair with a little bit of a fringe in that. I sort of preferred him more when he had that really, like, uh, more closer shaved, more prominent widow's peak uh, kind of oh, look yes, to him, almost okay. a little bit more, 
Namor without the fringe, whereas this guy has a not not a lot, but it's a bit more uh, in terms of sort of fluffed or quaffed hair. Does uh, he does he have his pointy ears? Nope. Not really, no. He's got hmm. rounded ones. But the, once again, this is more the artwork than uh, yeah. the actual yeah. sculpt work. This is uh, the new 52-ish, more Black Adam than uh, the pre-52, which is more my preferred one, the one that came from the actual 52 series. And uh, Jeff Johns really developed into being an anti-hero more than a villain. Mm-hmm. I th- it'll be interesting to see, like as you said, the the cape um, and kind of chest cut, uh, the, the, you know, the top opening of his tunic. Yeah, it's a very different uh, look from how we've seen most of his iterations, and so it'll be interesting to see how that, um, you know, p- pans out when he does show up in in Rebirth. The uh, the the back. The cape has got, as you said, that kind of um, the the shorter flap and then the longer one, and that isn't uh, the cape to me doesn't feel Black Adam. The it works for me for Shazam. The cape doesn't work for me as much for Black Adam. I don't think. Yeah, and th- this is where the reuse uh, is probably at its most disappointing because even the new Fifty Two Black Adam, where he did have the cape. Uh, this sort of, the sort of top section was a more kind of shaggy, ragged, cut up sort of look to it. Um, you know, it looked like he'd been a Shazam character for a while, and he'd he'd, he'd paid um, a couple of prices and been down the hard road with it. You know, his his cape wasn't exactly perfect, and I, I do sort of like that for a character that's meant to be you know thousands of years old and. Uh, sort of a guy who was a superhero who's been corrupted along the way and it was a great, great juxtaposition to Shazam as a character um, yeah. being sort of brand new and fresh and positive and having the nice clean white cape. Uh, so I do wish that you know maybe those elements could have been more defined here but maybe this is going to be the rebirth Black Adam cape is a nice clean cape. That will be interesting to see because if it was just the are we going to get two, you know, figures for the same sculpt? And this isn't rebirth back Adam, black Adam. That would be a bummer. The the Shazam head sculpt, I I quite like. I when I first opened it, I, I just got such a Gary Frank feel from the, um, the and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure why because I don't think this is meant to be based on. Uh, well, Gary Frank is. Uh, the guy who did the new 52 Shazam uh, that ran as a backup in the Justice League book. So it is his artwork probably would be the most um, iconic to this version uh, of the character. And uh, it is heavily based off that. uh, But there are some nice elements to older parts of the character. Like he has these sort of waves in his head sculpt uh, coming through that sort of very sort of, you know, silver, goldy age uh, way of drawing heads where you would have uh, these kind of lumps and waves uh, moving throughout it in the top of his hair there uh, that I do quite like. A nice prominent chin, a big sort of, you know, 50s style uh, dark eyebrows, brow, 
running through. He's very sort of classic, uh, even though he wasn't really around in the Silver Age, but a really sort of Silver Age, uh, baby, baby boomers, America comic book Shazam. Um, the I have to say that I the the buck and the the way that these figures are articulated is growing on me. I know because I noticed when I opened these that I was um, just like, oh yeah, these are cool, and not like, oh, these are different. So um, I think that is a good sign. The articulation is overall great. The one thing that I'm and I'm trying to now remember if this is across the line. That I'm really missing though is waist articulation. Oh wait, no, uh, in, yeah, oh, yeah, I was about to say. Wait, what we, was just very we, stiff. I'm really sorry, and I was like, wait, what? Okay, yeah. wrong. Now, see, I actually had the opposite problem where my waist articulation on my Shazam is actually not necessarily lo- loose in terms that it's easy to turn at the waist, but it's not exactly sitting the peg inside of uh the joint socket uh well so uh if i do lightly pull him up i do get a bit of a gap between the waist and the upper torso uh there but luckily uh he's got this nice sort of plastic gold belt that sits around so it's sort of easy to hide that gapage uh in between that belt i'm starting to like these (laughs) i do still have um, I, I am really enjoying them. I'm going to be very positive, but um, my major nitpick, which is the forearms, is still an issue. They do still seem slightly elongated. And he's also, to be crass, uh, he's got a little bit of a flat ass. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't unsee those forearms now. And anatomically speaking, when when a muscular man sort of stands fully upright with clenched fists. The bottom of the fists generally line up with the groin. And so the fact that he's like a full, you know, um, you know, bundled fist past that is what's actually creating that, that length of the arms. So it's, you know, possibly a design flaw in the buck. But um, how do they actually scale, you know, compared to, say, DC Universe Classics? Now, I'm, I'm even losing track as to, you know, which scale, you know, these particular figures are are. okay well actually i um admittedly he's a more newer uh dc multiverse figure but i've got my gotham by gaslight batman here and standing them next to each other they are almost eye to eye it might be like a Mm. maybe a millimeter or two lower on batman um but his ears stick up higher than Shazam's head, but that could just be more than newer um, multiverse bucks. Well, I think that we have broken down these toys as much as we can break them down. I'm glad that we are getting some more releases in of the DC Essentials figures that have been solicited. I am keen to see them keep coming, and hopefully we can build a bit more of this universe before the winds change at DC Collectibles, <laughs> and they decide to do five and a half inch. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> see how we go. Twenty nine um, inch. Twenty nine inch. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm, yeah. I, sure. I'm. I'm worried. We've seen the wind change already over there. I, I'm nervous by the lack of reveals at Toy Fair. Still. Yeah. Well, 
we time will tell and yeah. we will be there to uh complain about it for sure but i think we've done all <laughs> the complaining about choice that we can do for this particular episode and i think that it is time to say goodbye bye uh, see you next time is in. good journey <laughs> good night nerds <laughs> Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. So, I believe that we then have a number of toy things to speak about, and as is our tradition, when Ben is here, Ben speaks about his toy things first, and so I think that we should have a break, we should come back, and Ben should talk about his toy things. Mm. Or thing. To to be fair, it's because I'm usually just too lazy to scroll down further into the script. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain.